Welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson. On our program, we explore the flip side of every story. And when you open yourself up to both sides, you'll realize that there are life lessons, powerful tools, and so much more. Now, here is Dr. Veerdra Jackson. Hello and welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. I am Dr. Veerdra Jackson, the CEO and creative behind Living Strong Consulting. And we are entering into part two of a wellness conversation, the well of a healthy marriage. I had the opportunity of engaging in conversation with four powerful women of God. And I kept them in the, in the studio because we didn't even scratch the surface to the questions that we wanted to be able to answer, to share, and to hopefully encourage and inspire you in your marriage. And even if you're thinking about that, you want to get married, what do you need to get prepared with in your spirit and in your mind and in, in your emotions for that? So I just want to remind you again, I have Lady Dale Sharp Lee, who is actually the founder and um, CEO behind WOW, Women of Wellness. And we are also representing Wives of Wellness in this conversation. And we are all WOW sisters. (laughs) And so we have Lady Dale Sharp Lee, Minister Aranissa Harris, Reverend Kimberly A. Cole and Stephanie D. Austin Johnson in the conversation. So ladies, let's just pick up where we left off. We were in part one encouraging uh, a woman who may be in a place of discouragement. And, And if you missed those nuggets of encouragement, the tools that were shared in part one, I encourage you to absolutely listen to that replay and then come into this conversation because you do not want to have missed anything that these wise, wow women shared. But we we started that conversation, ended that conversation with recognizing that there are some things within ourselves that um, as Aranissa shared with us, we are two sinners coming together and trying to reflect the love of Christ in our relationships, in our marriages. I wanted to open up uh, our conversation, just kind of being reflective on what would you share or or give thought to when we're talking about a flip side conversation. What real changes did you need to make to change your lifestyle status from single to married in your everyday um, areas of your life? Anybody can go. (laughs) Wow. What are some lifestyle changes that needed to happen? I feel like I'm always going first. It's all right. (laughs) You're Lady Dale. We will Uh, absolutely let it happen. Um, again, some of the changes I mentioned, some of them, um, when we were together last week mm-hmm. about learning how to make space, um, also just every aspect of life you take for granted, you know, you love each other, you come together, mm-hmm. two shall become one and stuff just happens. But I had to really change how I thought about making decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, 
because I automatically made decisions, I had to slow down and really talk to my husband and allow him to really kind of be the head in reference to the decision and and patiently wait. Because, you know, sometimes, you know, I'll wait, but I'm watching while I'm waiting. And if I keep watching and I keep waiting, something can't keep happening. Um, But I had to learn how to be patient. Um, One of the biggest things for me in reference to single and married is that I had to understand that my way is just my way, but not necessarily the right way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I had to make room for uh, when he determined, you know, here's what, you know, you know, thank you for sharing kind of your input. Here's what we're talking about in reference to managing the household, um, what happens with the the kids because we're a blended family. So that's challenging as well, because, you know, you 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 say you're coming together, but it's, you know, my child, your child, all of that. To be honest, you start there until you really develop a relationship that is our children. And so I really had to think through um, all of the stuff that I had thought about being single and recognize that I needed to to change that. Mm-hmm. And it had to be intentional. It had to be um, ongoing. Um, and I don't know if I was ready for that. Because, again, nobody tells you all of these other pieces. You just think you're single, now you're married on a piece of paper, so on and so on. But it was a real journey to move from my single mindset. Mm-hmm. And the powerful thing for me that helped me is when I had the problems initially in the relationship. And you go back to the mindset of, well, I was doing okay by myself. And, you know, I did all of this by myself. And and it was going all right when I was by myself. And again, back to the Lord. In the quietness of that, the Lord says, how dare you? Mm -hmm. He said, first of all, you didn't do anything by yourself. Mm -hmm. I have always carried Carried you. you. He said, so for you to even mouth that, you're saying that you did it without me and you didn't. He said, so I need to teach you who I am in your life. So you recognize who the man I gave you is. Mm -hmm. So you respond to him as if that was me, because that is me speaking through him. Mm -hmm. And so that shifted my mindset from being single to, okay, Lord, you know, Mm -hmm. now I'm ready to really be married in a way that would please you. That mindset shift Mm. is powerful. And I think about how, I too, I got married, and Stephanie, I think you you mentioned this as well. I we I was in um, actually getting ready to go into my thirties when we first got married, and I had I had a career, I had uh, multiple degrees, um, I had been taking care of my own self and running my own money, and so I had ideas on how. I thought th- money should be spent, how how we how we should live. I, I came from a different background than he did. So I had this whole agenda and I'm grown. Like I I, I did I did this before you. And getting to a place of really trusting that um not only the the character of my husband who has never dropped our household in the hardest of seasons starting off with. And when I decided to leave uh, my full-time job and go into full-time ministry 
of opening a center in a community that was impoverished and take a 50% pay cut because I wanted to serve the children. All that, I know how much I wanted to spend. And I was, we, I put us in a place of, of deficit and I had to trust that the man God gave me, and I will every time reflect back on before we got married, I asked God, I said, Lord, if this is not the man you have for me, block this, end this, remove him. And he did not. And so in our vows, in our marriage, I said, He did. you did not remove him. So this means you have chosen him for me and you are not a God of trickery. So I trust you and I'm going to trust who you have made him to be. And I had to, uh, as Aranissa shared in part one, believe the God who brought us together and the God that is in him is going to guide his decisions. And although there were things that I had skill set in going back to control. It doesn't have to be my way for it to be done well. Uh, there are things that uh, we don't have to purchase Amen. in order for us to be comfortable or the, the way I want us to live. Mm-hmm. And we will be fine. And even in those hard moments, I will show you who you marry. And that has made me grateful and coming out of that pride of I I use I did it fine by myself to recognizing <laughs> I am I have been given a man who will provide and he will make sure we are covered. And I can trust him because I trust the God who gave him to me. Amen. It's Um, difficult for me to answer just because I've spent more of my life with him than not. (laughs) Amen. So that high school journey, I mean, you didn't really have much single before. (laughs) It was 11th grade, (laughs) you know. Um, So that that's a difficult one. We we really just kind of grew um, together, I'm grateful that we grew together in the same trajectory. Um, but I, I had a single life there somewhere. I think maybe I can relate a little bit into the um, the sharing the sharing my daughter because even though it's his daughter, it was my daughter. Uh-huh. You know that time <laughs> when we weren't together. Mm-hmm. That was my child, and this is and I ran the household the way I ran it, and and whatever. And so you talk about a prior marriage, and I guess I had a prior marriage, but just to the <laughs> same person. <laughs> um, and so there was a, a blending of households and minds and mm-hmm. parenting styles and all like that um, that took place, even though it was the same person. Mm-hmm. That's good. Stephanie, were you getting ready to share? I think it's so profound what you said about uh, when you decided to leave your job. I left um, my position as a director in 2010. 
And I came to my husband and I said, Elmore, this is what I want to do. And at that moment, my husband said, well, whatever you're going to do, I got you. And I think when he said that, I didn't, and this is what I'm, the, the thing I had to change. I believed him. Like I said, my husband is a wonderful man, but I had to relinquish my insecurities. And that was probably mm. the biggest thing for me was my personal insecurities of me trying to be everything that I thought I was supposed to be and allow myself to see me the way he sees me. He sees my flaws. He sees my strengths, but he sees me as a, as a whole person. Those, those flaws and those strengths, they feed on each other. They build each other up. They make me who I am. And I didn't have the faith in who I was that he said I was, you know, our, our, our mind, our, our mind is a playground. And if we only listen to our own voice and the thoughts that we have running around in our own head, it, it could be, it could be cumbersome and that leads to depression and, and things like that. So for me, I had to, uh, as a single person, you're your, your own worst critic. You're your own cheerleader when you need to be, but I had to let myself let him be my cheerleader and build me up and support me. And I had to have faith that the man that God sent me was the man that, that God knew I needed. He was the man that, that built me up. He's the wind, wind belief myself and my wings at all times. My husband has been and is the most profound and impactful person on my life. And I have wonderful parents. I have a fabulous mother, but that man who has stood with me and, you know, your spouses see you in your most vulnerable spots and, and positions and through everything that he could have run for the hills for, that man stood there and he looked at me and he said, despite all of that, you are it for me. Everything you are is everything for me. So as a single person, I had to, you know, you, you, you're your own advisor and of course you have girlfriends, but in that married space, let, I had to let my husband be my partner, be my, be my co-pilot, be my helper, be my support and stop thinking that I had to do it all myself because as black women and women in general, but black women, especially, we try to be everything for everybody. But in my marriage, I'm allowed to take a step back and be vulnerable and be weak. And that that for me was the biggest change between single being a single mother and then getting married to, um, you know, to Elmore. Um, That's good stuff. Yes. Mm. yes. I, just briefly, everything you all said is a ditto. I just think. Can you hear me? OK, is this yeah. good? <clears throat> um, I think for me, I didn't have the single black. I, I guess we all had that. But our thing is Marvin and I are both only children. So that's a whole dynamic. We, we really are self-contained units. We really can do anything without any other soul. We've learned how to be very comfortable in our own space. So I go to movies alone, dinner alone. Right. And so I remember the first time there was a movie that I wanted to see that Marvin didn't want to see. And my first reflex was like, I'll just go. <laughs> you don't have to go you know what I mean or, and, and, and he was just and, and he was just like you won't go without me and I was just like in a minute you know like so I had to learn 
Or sometimes we're in the house in separate parts of the house and we have to remind each other that we're here. You know what I mean? That, that was in the yes. beginning. I mean, we're in this thing now several years, but we're very, very comfortable in our own spaces. And you put two only children together, there's a component of selfishness, not just be from the world's way, but mm -hmm. just by being, you know, everything always being about you. So that was a major, this integration of two only children was um, was a, something we had to tackle, but we good now. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I never yes. even thought about the whole only child syndrome because I know I, I suffered from that. That's a whole real thing. <laughs> Stephanie, there was something as you were just talking that really resonated with my soul and thinking about messaging and, and we can, mm -hmm. there's so much that can come at us and I think about the younger generation as Titus to women, and there's so much messaging coming to um, the younger generation who are moving into mm. um, their adulting years, and they're beginning to think about partners, and they're beginning to think about, you know, this whole marriage or um, not getting married or what, what advice would you give um, the younger generation as they're on this journey to counterculture the messages that would sabotage the truth of what God has for healthy marriages? What advice would you give them um, in, in any aspect? So uh, that's, that's a great question. I have two daughters. One is 23 and she is literally an angel walking on clouds. I don't know how she, the Lord loaned us that child. Um, and I have a 15 year old getting ready to turn 16 who is as small as she is. She is a smoldering fire. And when the world has to deal with the flame that is Sydney Johnson. So what I, what I often talk to my daughters about is, um, what I don't want them to do is think that Elmer and I have a very healthy and strong marriage, but our marriage is our marriage, you know, and I think sometimes in this day and age, there's so much um, pressure on one side to be in, um, in your own, in your own person and be free and be open and just, and just try new things and, and things like that. And then the other side is, uh, unfortunately, those of us in our generation are like, well, you need to find a job, you need to go to school, It'd be, you'd be better off if you get married and things like that. So my my advice to them is to, you know, be true to who you are. I don't, I'm a very big fan of marriage. I, it's the best thing I ever did, it's the hardest thing I ever did. But I think I've known so many people who got married just to get married, you know, the companionship mm -hmm. part of it not for the love of that that you felt for that person. So I just want them to not feel the pressure, you know, of what the world's view is of what a, what a marriage is. And and everyone's marriage is different and the nuances are are yours, you know? And I just, if, if you never get married, if you decide to live your life as a single woman, then be true to that and honor yourself. But if you decide to get married, you have to go into it knowing that you are no longer one person, right? You're two people. So so I I just impress upon them the 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 need for them not to look at us and say, that's what I'm supposed to do. Because my path might not be their path, you know? 
I don't think everyone is meant to be married. I think some people need to be single. You know, they just are not know how to be team team players. And you have to be a team player to be in, to be married. And if you can't, if you're not a team player, then that's okay. You know, you know, there are some single sports where you just play your sport. Marriage isn't just sport. So that's my, that, that would be my <laughs> <laughs> don't run don't rush into something that you don't have the the skill set for or or, or even recognizing exactly. that sometimes um they will chase after something that actually um God hasn't told them to do they are just rushing into it or feeling pressured into it or even sometimes feeling shamed into mm-hmm. it um but understanding that this thing is work and being prepared to do much of the work that you all shared in part one. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, anyone else, any avenue or any area of speaking to the next generation around marriage? Just to piggyback on what Stephanie said, it made me think about the idea and the ideal marriage that people have in their mind. But what's really the reality? Um, We were talking just, you know, since last week um, in reference to who really teaches us about relationships. Um, You know, how much do we really know and understand what it means in reference to marriage? Even when you think about when two become one. um, So often I've heard so many of my single girlfriends have a long list of what the man needs to have and what they need to do and they need to be all of this, that, and the other. And I often say, you know, that's an interesting list. I said, but you, you know, you get as good as you are. Mm -hmm. And so if you want all of these things and you don't even kind of compare to all of these things, you know, you may want to rethink all of these things. Um, And oftentimes these things have to do with more the external than the internal. And if people don't understand that, you know, your relationship with the Lord needs to be what it needs to be before you're even equipped or prepared to hear clearly from the Lord as to um, the what, who, when, and where. And sometimes we're not patient. We think if we get the man, then everything else is going to come. And so we, we know we, we start out of order and then we live out of order and then there is no order. So I think sometimes having realistic conversations with um, the generation kind of behind us, not talking about, let me tell you what I did. Let me tell you what works for me. Let me tell you what you need to do. But just let me share my journey. Um, I pray that there are nuggets of wisdom that you might glean from my sharing, but always make sure you're asking the Lord in reference to a final decision in every area of your life. Um, You know, whatever he determines, you know what the word says in reference to marriage. And so if you have questions, needs, or desires, he's the person to take it to. But, you know, do do your work before you do your work on somebody else, which mm-hmm. is not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyone else? Thoughts for the younger generation? I think it's important to really understand what marriage is and its purpose And so companionship is wonderful. Procreation is wonderful. All of these things are great. But God designed, first of all, let's start there. God designed marriage. Let's start right there at the jump. 
He designed marriage and he designed it in a way to bring him glory. He designed it in a way to reflect um, Christ and his church. He designed it in a way um, to build a structure around which society would be built upon. And mm-hmm. so if you remember the purpose of marriage, it's not just to scratch your itch. Mm-hmm. It's for a greater purpose. And if you can keep that purpose in front of you, then how you conduct yourself in Amen. it is going to be a whole lot different. Amen. What are the objectives of this marriage here? We're going to raise children, not just raise children, but we're going to raise godly children. We're discipling people. We're, we're concerned about souls. We want to be concerned about school and playmates and all these things, but we are discipling souls. And so if we keep this grand scheme of God's in front of us, then we're going to interact in it in a whole different kind of, kind of way. And we're going to honor it in a different kind of way. And we're also going to understand the challenges that come against it in a different way, because if this is that kind of institution, then the enemy cannot be happy about it. Mm -hmm. And so if we talk about all the things that are coming against marriage and all the problems that people Mm -hmm. are having in relationships, that's spiritual warfare, y'all. Amen. And so the enemy is not the spouse that's standing in front of you. The enemy is the powers and principalities at work to dismantle this thing, um, to dismantle a people. And a purpose of God. And so if we keep all that in focus, the rest will fall into place. Amen. Reminding the generation of the original intention of marriage, what it was intended to do. And before you consider entering into respect, how it's what its intention is and, Mm -hmm. and are you ready to actually engage in the original intention. Amen. Powerful sis. Yeah. Ernest, any I, thoughts? I'm totally, <clears throat> I'm ditto, triple ditto that. Um, <laughs> because if you don't understand the whole, you will destroy the parts. It's yes. like any other thing. And so Kim said it like perfectly. Uh, marriage is not this societal thing. It's, it's a, it's a godly thing. And then it also, and then it also, it, it's God's answer to burning with passion, you know, not just to scratch your itch by any means, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, so, so we talked, we had a series one summer in our church about the difference between dating and courtship. It was our summer series. And it was very successful um, because people think they're courting when they're really dating. Dating is the world's infrastructure and courtship is kind of how we do it in Christianity. But um, one of the things is even different words, like we look for compatibility. Well, God said suitability, right? Just those little mm. things that are that are different um, in that structure, but I, I think overall, um, how do I want to say this? This is is this PG? Um, overall, d- d- what Kim said. Let me leave it there. What Kim said. <laughs> God's purpose. It's God's purpose. Yeah. Because yeah. there's a difference between celibacy and abstinence. Mm-hmm. You have to be called. Mm-hmm. Listen, you have to be called to singleness. It's yes. not even just this independent choice. If you choose to be sexually active, God says, get married. Mm-hmm. So the world says, he you know, just kind of how, however you want to do it. Well, if you don't intend to abs- to be celibate and you don't have that gift or that strength to do that throughout your life, 
then you then you then marriage is in the cards for you. It has to be. That is a ministry to be by yourself. It's not just a decision of my womanhood or my, you know, my where I am in life. You're saying that I'm going to not be sexually active for the entirety of my life. But if that is not your decision or your strength or your ability by the Holy Spirit, then marriage is absolutely something you have to understand as God has designed it. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. it. And and that echoes back to what um, Lady Dell said. How are you then um, continuing to be in relationship with the Lord to prepare yourself for what it takes to actually be a godly wife in a godly marriage, fulfilling the original intention that is greater than just having a partner, but that you are actually doing ministry and on a mission for God to impact the next generation that you are impacting soul, not only the souls of your children, but others who are watching your relationship Mm. to learn and understand from it. There's a responsibility and an accountability that comes with that. Ooh, y'all are good. Mm -mm -mm. So when you know better, you're supposed to do better. What are some things you learned through a trial and error that you now choose to do in order to foster a healthy marriage relationship? Bridle that tongue. Bridle the tongue. Oh, oh my. Oh, my. There's a two ears, one mouth. (laughs) Yes. Wow. Everything you think does not have to come out of your mouth. Oh, you you just stepped on some people's toes. Now, y'all keep Mm. listening. Keep Mm. listening. Don't don't turn us off because your feelings got hurt. Yes, that's a whole. That's so. She yeah. just she's just that's, gonna leave us there. She's yeah. just gonna leave that, it. That, any, that, any any anything to add? Anyone that, else? Bridle the tongue. Because men men don't want mothers, right? Um, mm, they amen. want partners. Stephanie said partnership. Where they're not our sons, and so we do a disservice to emasculate them. Um, and all this, you know, by myself. You could have stayed by yourself if you're if you wanted your way. You needed to be by yourself in that in that sense. Um, but they're called to lead. They're called, that's what they're called and designed to do. And so we have to, we kind of just got to bow out and speak your peace. But that, that phrase that my husband and I throw around the house, that gentle, quiet spirit doesn't mean you can't talk. Doesn't mean you can't express, but it's just the posture of a woman of God in the home that even after we've gently given our peace or our perspective, um, allowing them to take the leadership role Mm -hmm. sometimes. And here's, you know what I learned? This is so good. Sometimes. (laughs) And I learned this from mom Dale and even, and even talking to Kim, sometimes you have to let it crash. See, we're such, we're such helpers and get in there and save the day. And we don't, Mm -hmm. sometimes the ball has to drop. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes you have to take your hands off. Amen. um, In your silence for the lesson to be, realize if that makes sense you know what it i'm makes saying it absolutely sense. does something so something you see the thing going off the clip i just buckle up mm-hmm. <laughs> because sometimes it has to flip over we have to crash the car we have hopefully it's not catastrophic and the point of no return which we trust god from but sometimes some of the best lessons were learned even in the crash but i was mm-hmm. quiet mm-hmm. that that's so key you know and that you know allowing it to take place because many times the Lord is trying to speak to them, but we're so busy 
they hear us versus what the Lord is attempting to say. And so we just have to, again, like you stated, take our hands off of it and be prayerful about what the Lord is doing. Because I even think about when we talk about the tongue, timing. Um, sometimes that whole timing, you know, when stuff goes on so often, we as women, we want to deal with it in the moment. I need to talk about it now. We need to resolve this, blah, 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 blah. And with my husband, I, I need to wait to the right time to be able to share. So it's not about not sharing, but I need to pay attention, especially when the Lord has given them so many responsibilities. Sometimes we forget that weight they're carrying. And here it is, we're supposed to be helping them with that weight, but then we become another weight unintentionally. And so I've learned to kind of pay attention to timing and then timing both when my heart is ready to speak, not just my mouth, because my mouth is always ready to speak, (laughs) but my heart needs to kind of be ready and speak from the right place. So that, that timing, that patience, that listen, Lord, you know, I'm going to follow your direction. Even though it don't look like where I want to go, where we should go. Listen, I trust. And when our husbands know we have that kind of trust in the Lord and in them, they will hear differently from us. Sometimes the thing we're trying to push, we won't even need to push it if they know we'll be listening and trusting no matter what. They will seek us out versus us having to run them down. Yes. Timing, being recognizing bridle the tongue that Mm. there's power in silence anything else to add stephanie i think for me um you know our husbands and we all have wonderful husbands or we wouldn't be married to them but you can find something to argue with your husband about every single day Mm -hmm. but who feels like hearing that i don't want to hear my mouth that much so you know for me i just had to learn how to just shut up and just you know whatever you need to do to get that man out of your head and out of your space. For me, I go upstairs. I used to hide in the bathroom with the door closed behind the shower curtain because I would just need 10 minutes. Just give me 10 minutes and I'll come deal with it. So for me, I just had to learn how to just, you know, every, like like Marvel said, you don't have to respond to everything. Sometimes you just gotta shut up and just say, you know what? Not today, Lord. The devil is not gonna get this one. I'm going about my business. So that so that was that was mine. I did not have to re, I didn't have to address every issue. I didn't have to respond to everything that I thought was incorrect. You know, who feels like arguing every day? That's just taxing. And you know, it's so funny because every time you hear those, and I'm not gonna say toxic men, but whatever, the men on those podcasts and they say, Well, why don't you date? What's wrong with dating black women? And what's our issue with black women? And the first thing they say is they nag too much, they talk too much, we got too much to say. And, you know, while I don't really subscribe to that, because I think that's just an excuse. But um, I think, you know, as wives, I think we just, as, as uh, we all alluded to, we just want to nip, thing, nip things in the bud. We don't want to think something to fester. We have to be transparent. I mean, yes, be transparent, but not every day. Sometimes you just got to shut up. Yeah. Amen. And you know what, too? Amen to the to, shut up. To, and, 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 and I am so connecting with the shut up, in, but slightly in a slightly different way. But yes, the still the shut up. Because, um, Stephanie, something that I have um, learned when you know better, you do better, in that um, I have grown to understand that my husband needs time to 
to process things. Mm-hmm. I process things very quickly. I run my own company. I do that. I do trains. Do I, I will mm-hmm. process something, create a list and be able to manage, catch these children over here doing that. I can, my brain can absolutely do multitasking very well, although it's not productive. <laughs> That's a whole nother lesson. But what I have grown to recognize and be patient with my husband in that we, I can, I can share what is on my heart, but actually just share it and then give him time Mm. to process it in his own way and then allow him to come back and we will continue to unpack it. When we were earlier in marriage, I was like, well, come on and talk to me. And you don't want to talk. And then, and I, it, I just, as I began to understand even just how males are wired differently from us, that I needed to give time for him to just process it. And then we can come back and continue to have a healthy dialogue to get to a solution that works for both of us. And, and it, it may be a part of what I shared, or if I gave him time, he came up with a whole nother plan that was even better, but being willing to be, say whatever, if he's asked for my input, say it, and then let him kind of sit with it and not add judgment and shame to it. Amen. Yeah. If we were to say the that old saying, if I had known then what I know now, things would be different. How is that true in your relationship? If I had known then what I know now, things would be so different. How is that true in in your relationship in whatever aspect? Oh, did I stump you? Uh, (laughs) This is a really hard question. I don't know that there's something that I wish I knew about Elmore then. Um, I don't, I don't, you know, it, 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 the question kind of lends itself to um, maybe an issue that we had to fix or something like that. But I, I don't know. I think we often sit with our marriage and we, and we, 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 well, I, I force us to sit. <laughs> I'm like, what do you think about this? And how do you think about that? Um, we've never unpacked that, you know, so I really don't have it. It's similar to with, with Kim with the single life versus the married life conversation. I don't I don't know. And I think the only thing I can attribute it to is that Elmore is such an amenable person. You know, I I've never really I don't really have a a, a testimony for that. Mm. Other than mm-hmm. I probably could have been nicer in the beginning and you know maybe we would have had a less arguments in the beginning. So I guess that that's that's mine. But I really I don't really have another I don't know um reflection on that. Okay. Anyone else? If I had known then what I know now, things would be so different. I think for me, had I owned how broken I was when we first got together, um, 
it would not have probably hurt him as much as it did. Um, I, I had so many unpacked issues. I didn't even recognize it. Um, and I didn't start recognizing it until I started to mature in reference to my relationship with the Lord. You know, I started to see what I was unwilling to see before. And I think if I really had a did the work, then when we came together, we would have been two whole individuals. You know, it's hard for two to become one when one is so fragmented and so broken and so carrying um, so much baggage. Um, I can think about times when I responded to something. I was responding in the moment, but I wasn't responding to what was happening in the moment. And so I heaped so much on him during our first couple of years of relationships. Um, I just, yeah, had I really understood the work I needed to do, I think it would have helped us early on. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, wasn't my first marriage. You you don't leave a relationship without having some scars. Um, mm -hmm. And I had to own kind of the self-inflicted wounds, just all of that stuff. I had to unlearn some things. I, I had to really trust. God. It was just all of that stuff that I just thought, I'm getting married. The Lord says marriage is a good thing. So now I'm going to be fixed. You know, you... That's the individual conversations you have in your head. You know, oh, this is going to be good now. I love the Lord. He loves me. And, you know, and, and but it wasn't like that. And so I was kind of lost, confused. Um, all my old stuff started to kind of creep back up. And all of that impacted my relationship with him. It impacted what the children were seeing. It just it impacted every area of life. And so I'm just so mindful of the importance of being whole in Christ, um, that includes doing your own work before you try to connect yourself with somebody else. So had I known then, I'd have, I'd have did better work before, mm -hmm. you know, I just attached this broken vessel to someone <laughs> who had the desire, let's just, can't you know, can't we just be friends and do all right together? Yeah, we could be friends as soon as I get all this off my chest. You know how we do yes. sometimes as, as sisters, we got all of that stuff going on. Mm. Yeah, yeah. If I, if I knew then what I know now, I would have married Marvin the first time. Mm. And for those of you that don't know our story, I dated Marvin maybe 15 or 20 years um, before we actually came together. I actually dated him, um, went out, he took me to a Sixers game in the box. Somebody say, man, we was in the box. Amen to the box. <laughs> you know, wasn't <laughs> wasn't after my body and you know all those things but I was definitely looking for worldly signs of good relationship I was looking for chemistry and I was looking for super all those things that get you in the hotel before you need to go there I was not absolutely to Kim's point looking at this from a godly perspective I was looking for attraction and this and all that and so I actually backed up from Marvin because I didn't have high chemistry and so I left a very sound, whole Christian friendship, courtship, and mm. went to a dating relationship worldly, who I end up marrying. Now, of course, you know, all things work together. We have a beautiful daughter. We're co-parents now. But uh, I was away from Marvin for 10 years in front of him. I attended the same church with my new husband where I had left. Mar it was just all in one big old pot. And the Lord kept Marvin single. He dated, he even got engaged, but unmarried that whole time My Lord. while while I came 
to 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 my prodigal place, if you will. And so if I had known then what I know now, he would have been my husband the whole time. Amen. Wow. Yes. Amen. That's Kim, powerful. Mm-hmm. I just land on I heard older people say I wouldn't give anything for my journey now. Mm-hmm. And I feel that we're in such a good place that even though we could have done some things better, I wouldn't give anything for the journey because Amen. these are the things that made us who Amen. we are now. That's what God used yes. um, to bring us to where we are now. And so we certainly were out of order. Things, you know, all the the things that happened prior to us getting married, the struggles, um, they were all real struggles. But at the same time, it just, it was that perfecting Amen. Um, power that God had. And he has redeemed the time in such a way oh, that yes. I Lord, barely yes. even remember. Can't remember. Some things Amen. people have to tell me or bring back, because I can't even remember. But I know God that that is the, and what you said, Aranissa, about being able to look at the before Mm. and see all that God has done. We just have for both of us, just such a different appreciation for each other because we know all that stuff before. And so it's not that I'm recommending it for anyone, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I'm good. That's good. I don't want to change anything. If, if that would then change where we are now. Amen. Correct. Amen. Yes, used everything Ooh, good. for good. your good. Mm-hmm. And as you mm-hmm. shared Thank earlier, you. the ultimate goal is for his glory. Yes. And people are watching. People are watching. Amen. The world is watching. It. Amen. And so for him, so it's one thing when people watch, and, and that's one of the things that I love about this forum because all of us, there are people watching. And I don't want them to just watch and say, well, you know, they're, of course, because they're saved and they're uh, pastors' wives and they're doctors and they're all these things. And so, of course, their marriages look like this. And, of course, they live lives Good that look Kim. like this. I, they need to know that there was a win. Yes. Mm-hmm. That there they was a win and that there is a God, right, whose grace and mercy is just so magnanimous. Yes. hmm that mm-hmm. wherever these, wherever you ask for the yeah. advice for young women, wherever they are now, God can do it. Amen. God can do God it. God can Ooh. do it. Mm-hmm. And if you're born again, we'll do it. Author and finisher. Amen. That's right. Yes. He does the whole thing. Yes. Delight yourself in the Lord. Amen. And, he'll give and he will give you the desires of your heart. Why? Not yeah. because your desires are so great, but because you're delighting in him and now his desires are your, your desires. desires. Yes. Ooh, mercy. Yes. Change your heart. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. Y'all can have me run around. Amen. 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 <laughs> it's just good stuff. Oh, my goodness, Lord. Thank you, Father. Yes. Amen. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we are again. I know it feels so fast. We're coming up on the end of our um, hour again. And I want to, we have absolutely talked about prayer. We have talked about um, getting into the word to understand God's character and intention Mm -hmm. for marriage. And 
um, we have talked about recognizing um, how God has, it is an opportunity to be a reflection of um, God's love to those who are watching. I, I would love for you to share a very practical thing you do. Yes, we're going to pray. Yes, we are absolutely going to center our lives around the Word of God. As women who are married at all different stages, what is a very practical daily tip you would share to someone to continue to keep their marriage well and healthy? Uh, Mom, you want to go? No, I'm just, you know, I'm always thinking and feeling at the same time. (laughs) So um, every day when I come home from work, I take 30 minutes to myself. I take a hot shower and I'm just by myself because I think we need time to decompress. And um, as as wives, whether you are wives of and you have an empty nest or wives with and you're still raising your children we have two jobs you know when we get off work whether your work is a homemaker and the kids are coming home or whether your work is outside your home and you're coming in we have another job that starts when we get home Amen. and if we don't take a moment to recharge ourselves, we are no good to our husbands or our family so i take Amen. a half an hour every single day i don't care what happens when I come in, my family knows we will see her in about 30 minutes. I'm going upstairs. I'm taking a nice hot shower. And then I will, okay, so what do y'all want for dinner? Because if, if you, know, <laughs> you need that moment, you know. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's good. That's, that is sometimes good. Sometimes I think um, when I say Stephanie Austin needs to breathe for just one second, I love Stephanie Austin Johnson. She's an awesome person. But Stephanie Austin is still there. And Stephanie Austin is who I am in my core. And if I don't feed her and nourish her, then Stephanie Austin Johnson has nothing to give. Mm. Oh, that's good. Reset. Reset. Yes. That you can continue to pour out. Yeah. Practical tools. Practical tools. Laugh. Have fun. That's exactly what I was getting ready to say. I mean, that's my cut buddy. That's my that's my dude, my ace. We really I like Marvin. Um, even at times, my husband, even when he's counseling folks, he was like, do you like her? Do you like him? You know, we love each mm-hmm. other, um, but we really do cut the fool in this house. The practical jokes, insiders that only we know establishing this us language mm-hmm. that in a room full of people. He knows what I mean. Just those, you know, intentional things. We really have a great time together all the time. We don't argue much. We have a couple. There are a couple things that we fuss about. It's not 10 things. It's this and that, that those are our areas of prayer or concern. But overall, that's my buddy. You know what I mean? Amen. So I would say laugh and have a good time. That's it. And you know what? Mm-hmm. The, the, my thing that if I had known then to echo what you just shared, Ernessa, is do not waste time being angry. Like mm-hmm. the, the early, early on, we wasted, I wasted so much time being angry and holding a grudge. And we do not have time to waste. And people are watching. And um, 
Don't waste time being mad. Don't waste time being mad. Actually get to the root of what it is that that has triggered you, address it, and then do what's necessary for you to release that thing. Because wasted time um, being hmm. angry is just lost time um, that you are at actually not living out what God has put you on a mission to do. Let me just add that real quick. Pastor asked the question Sunday. The church went off to your point. Pastor Harris said, you know, th this guy Twitch just died. And I mean, he, people are leaving here. Suicide is major. He said, if you knew today was your last day, would you still be mad? My would you Lord. still be jealous? Mm -hmm. Would you still be hateful? Would you like it? So living every day like it could be your last and it really could be. Amen. Um, it, it just brings everything into perspective. So. Into perspective. Amen. All right. About five minutes. Amen. Lady Dale. I mean, I would echo what um, all of us stated. You know, having that time to yourself is so important. One of my things I do when I have done all I'm going to do um, during the day, I go in the room by myself and I watch Andy Griffith. Um, my kids laugh at me. I, it what it is it's it's it puts me in a space and time when things were simplistic and I just kind of debrief and I get to a better more calm space um I don't let everything be about me you know when he's not in a good mood I don't take that personal not in a good mood let me give you some space and we're gonna be all right um and one of the things I, I try to make sure I do every day, Moments of just reflecting, I will say to him, did I tell you I love you today? Just sometimes that moment, um, you know, when stuff is going on in him and in me, that connection around, you know, we love each other. You know, that that's our foundation. And so I never miss an opportunity. I don't even care if I'm upset. Did I tell you I love you today? And it's something about that, that look on his face and the change of his posture. I know that just does something. Because I truly, I do. I don't care what it does. I tell him all the time, you look just like the man I married. <laughs> you better come on with it, bro. Don't make me run after you. Because you know I will. I love mm -hmm. it. I love it. I love it. Absolutely. Well, I don't want us to end without giving uh, people an opportunity to connect with a resource. I believe, wow. And Teaching to Change Lives is having an event that would um, continue to support and help uh, married couples. Yeah, we are doing a Valentine's Day couple celebration. Um, we started something last year because there was so many people that just was having issues and problems in their relationship. And we just thought it was important to create an opportunity for them to come together and just have fun. Dress up, date each other, connect with other couples and create a community of connection. So we promised to do it again. Um, and we thought what better time is to do it right before Valentine's Day. So it is the second Sunday. I know it's kind of Super Bowl. I told my, my fans and stuff, I said, you know, you, you can record it and stuff. And we'll let you have moments of, you know, if you got to huddle up together and say, you know, what's going on, man? What's, what's the score? And what's all of that? So, but, you know, just keep in mind. You don't want to pass up an opportunity. Um, like Aaronessa said, sometimes we're going to get to it later and later doesn't take place. 
And so we invite couples to come together with us. It is, I think it's February the 13th, that's Sunday. Um, we always make it reasonable, but the whole focus is is to date your spouse, um, come and have a good time and get connected with other couples. And one of the things we added this year or next year is we ask them to bring a gift, no more than $20, because it's not about the value of it, but it's a gift that kind of reflects why you love your partner so much. And so at each table, it's only going to be four couples, so it's eight. And so they will have an opportunity to kind of share with their significant other. You have to keep it a secret of that gift. And so that helps us to be intentional around thinking about what things kind of reflect, um, why we feel the way that we do. And that sharing, sometimes we forget the value of sharing. So we invite all couples spread the news. Um, we're only looking for, I think it's um, um, 80 couples because we want 160 people. I want it to be intimate enough that we have time with each other. And how can they find out about it? Um, uh, it is on Facebook. Um, we also have a special page in reference to the couple's Valentine's Day celebration. You can look me up. Um, my email address is sharplydale at gmail.com. Um, I'm easy to kind of locate. Um, if you look for anything that says wow, you'll be able to find me. A lot of my wow sisters already know about it. So pass the word on, connect with any sister that you see here. Um, we're always trying to share and just creating a community so we can be healthy. And if you follow Dr. Virgil Jackson, we will be posting the link to the event. Wow. It has been an amazing conversation. Thank you, my sisters. I so appreciate how you have encouraged those that recognizing the flip side of adversity, whatever you are going through, as Kim shared, God can do it and he will do it for those who seek and love him. So as always, continue to follow with us on this journey. Same place, same time, right here on the flip side. Thank you for tuning in to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Please join your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson, for another edition of our show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.